Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of the Scobro Show. Well, this is behind the steel curtain editor Dave Schofield coming at you again on Tuesday night. It's uh, it's almost nine fifteen, but we were close tonight. We really were. Um, Until my yes, Kathy, <laughs> my bad tonight. Yeah, um, Dave lets me know the show's up and ready to go, and as I'm clicking in and entering the studio, I spilled my coke. <laughs> everywhere um, he did if you look around right now by the carpet on the floor is just covered in towels right now trying to take care of all the coca-cola that i still oh, on the carpet so, so, so that's that's just how it goes sometimes but with me as always is my big brother rich rich other than spilling your coke how are you tonight i feel like it's monday night and not tuesday so yeah. <laughs> except for the fact yeah we are here we are here we are here and we actually have Steelers football, like actual on the field in uniform against a different opponent football to talk about. So tonight we're going to talk about something. Brian Anthony Davis is, is going to play a decent, a decent role in this show. I don't know if you know that or not, Rich. He, I, I'm afraid he's going to constantly. Well, keep we're te- gonna we're gonna have bad movie quotes and <laughs> uh, obscure eighty songs. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is, okay. and 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 weird um, draft references from the 1950s. Um, you got to throw that in there. No, I have a feeling he's going to tell me a lot what we should be doing during the show, and he's going to be texting me, and, and I'm going to keep hearing his text message go off. So, and you know, like, oh, there it is. Oh, what, 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 what was that? What was it? Oh, there he is again. Oh, that's right. We are talking tonight about the good, the bad, and the ugly of the Steelers as they move forward. It's funny. We talk about as they go into the next game. If we want to talk about the about the good, the bad, and the ugly, we're going to talk about what, what's just happened. So before we get into that, because there's something about that, we're actually going to start with the ugly. I'm just telling you now, because that has something else to do with today. But before we get into some other news from today, got to talk about some roster moves. The Steelers had to make their cuts today. They had to go from 90 down to 85. But then the report came out earlier today that two Steelers veterans. I got to say that they were veteran players because if they weren't a veteran player, they would have to go on waivers. If you have, if you don't have four accrued NFL seasons, I'm pretty sure it's four, then you have to, then you're subject to waivers. If you're going to be put on injured reserve, someone else could claim them. Um, and I'll get into that a little bit more when it, why, why, why that comes into other with other people, but these two players had more than four accrued seasons in the NFL. So therefore they could go directly to injured reserve. The Steelers had to put two players on injured reserve, which means in essence, their season is over. And the reason I say in essence is they cannot come back and play for the Steelers this year. I shouldn't leave everyone hanging. In case you didn't know, it was wide receiver, Anthony Miller with a shoulder and safety, Carl Joseph with a foot from all indications. It's an Achilles injury. Um, But 
the, the you're like, oh, well, can they come back later? No. In order to come back off of injured reserve, you had to spend at least 24 hours on the 53-man roster. That's not possible yet. That doesn't happen until August 30th. So the only way these players could play again in the NFL this season is if they get a medical clearance, pass a physical, and the Steelers would have to release them for them to go sign somewhere else. Otherwise, they're with they're they're on the Steelers, they're on the IR, and chances are, at least for Carl Joseph, and I'll probably assume for Anthony Miller as well, they wouldn't do this if they think they could have played this season. Right. So the Steelers had to cut down from 90 to 85. That took care of two. So then you're like, oh, well, they're only going to have to release three players. But you know what else they did? They added two more players today, one before practice with this signing and another after practice with the waiver claim, both of which were offensive linemen. Now, I don't want to mess up the names, so I'm going to have to come in here and try to get these one at a time. So the first thing, let's go ahead and do the one that they signed after practice because, frankly, that's the article I have up, and I don't want to mess that name up. That was a player that they claimed off of waivers from the Detroit Lions by the name of Ryan McCullum who actually played at Texas A&M with Dan Moore Jr., Buddy Johnson, DeMarvin Leal, all those guys. He was he was released by the by the Lions, and the Steelers claimed him. We'll get to who they cut after that, because to me, by claiming two people and two people going on the IR, they still had to cut five people from the roster. So we'll just kind of look at it that way. Does that sound fair? Yep. Okay, so we'll do that. Um, the other player that the Steelers claimed off – well, it wasn't claimed off waivers, is that they – I think it was a – let me double-check. I'm pretty sure it was a signing because, yeah, the player cleared waivers and then the Steelers signed him, um, and that is guard William Dunkel, who played in the preseason game on Friday night for the Philadelphia Eagles. So the Steelers bring in another guard and another center. The five players other than Miller and Joseph that they let go were defensive tackle Doug Costin, Offensive tackle Jake Dixon, punter Cameron Nizaliak. Let's see if I say that right. Nizaliak. I, I think I said that right. Good, I don't know. Good enough. Close enough. Um, center Chris Owens. And then the other one that came after practice was guard um, um, Gilliam, however, Nate Gilliam, um, who, as Jeff put in his article, was more well known from getting yelled at by Mike Tomlin for botching two snaps in a row, even though they had him listed as a guard. He was playing some center. So that's the roster moves. Anything you want to say specifically about either the injured players, the new players, the guys let go, anything? No, the injuries suck, but yeah, you're going to have a couple. Yeah, there's almost no way around it. Mm-hmm. So. Well, well, first of all, I'll go ahead and say this now before we'll come back to the injuries, because one one cut that made me sad. I refuse to predict this person to be cut. Um, was defensive tackle Doug Costin. I talked about him on the preview Thursday because one of your friends from college had reached out to me to ask about him because his wife worked worked with Costin's mother. Um, So I was hoping he would stick around and maybe even have a shot at the practice squad because he was doing better than what was expected. He might, him and... I'm trying to figure out who you're talking about. It was Big E. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he reached out to me to ask about, about Doug Costin. So um, I think both him and Nizaliak, if I said that right, the punter, I think are guys that could, you almost are doing them a favor by 
by releasing them to see if they could catch on somewhere else. The three offensive linemen, the Steelers didn't even play them in their preseason game this past week. They didn't play their third string guys. They they had four offensive linemen that didn't see the field, not because the Steelers held them out or they're injured just because they didn't play their guys down the line. So the fact that three of them are gone, aren't really surprising. Um, Anything else you want to say about that before I go back to injuries? Nope. There was an injury that I've been really worried about, but now I feel a little bit better today. Yeah. yeah. And that was one Calvin Austin, the third. You had no idea he wasn't playing in the game when you went there. No. Right? No. Everybody was talking about, everybody around the stadium was talking about wanting to see him. Yeah. And here he hurt his foot in practice on Friday, which was closed to the public. So therefore we didn't have any way to know that that's what was going on. And then he's then he's there in a boot this morning. And I kind of like, that's kind of a bad fear for me because somebody like CA3, you can't make, you can't make a move with him when it comes to an injury. Can't put him on IR because he'd be exposed to waivers. And I think someone would claim him off waivers and stash him on their IR later. So that's someone that you couldn't do anything with them until the day after the 53-man roster. So I was I was fearing the worst at all. Oh, no, don't tell me he's going to be out long-term or anything like that. But then apparently he was out on the field catching some balls without the boot this morning, or sorry, this afternoon. So that's better news. That's better news. Anthony Miller, that was a surprise too for you at the game. Yes, it was. For those of you that didn't know, Rich was at the game Saturday night. If you don't, for those you might be tuning in for the first time here, um, that was one that was surprising. I expected to see him, and that one's that one's kind of sad because a lot of people thought, you know, he had a chance. He didn't really had a connection with Trubisky, had a chance to make some noise, and it, and it just didn't happen. So, anything more you want to say about that before we roll into our good, bad, and ugly? Nope. Let's let's uh, play. Let's hear Brian's text again. No. Oh, oh, God. oh wait, wait, wait. Is Brian sending me a message again? Wait a second. Oh, okay. There it was. Yeah. Let's head into this. For those of you that don't know, that's from the movie. <laughs> the good, the bad, um, and the ugly. The good, the bad, and the ugly. So, very famous soundtrack. All that good stuff. I want to start with the ugly because that to me is also news. Okay. I had a really big change of heart today. Yes, I Big know. change of heart. Because for the longest time, and I know Shannon White has been saying this for several weeks now. And I'm like, I felt Shannon, you know, love Shannon, thought he was getting being a little bit presumptuous, putting the cart before the horse here with some things. And I even called him out with it in a comment in an article today at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, about this, about he was questioning Devin Bush and his heart and desire to play football and his effort. And I'm like, I'm not willing to kind of poo-poo on the man's effort who's still coming back from an injury from last year. Now he has a whole offseason to to train and do what he needs to do to get ready for the season, which last year he was rehabbing, which is different than training. And I kind of, I'm like, I, I, I'm not ready to, ready to poo-poo on him yet. Then he didn't play very well no. on Saturday night at all. And I'm still like, well, maybe still give the benefit of the doubt, give him another game. And then he spoke to the media today 
And is it just me or does every time Devin Bush talks, it's worse than if he would just stand there and say nothing? Uh, yeah, he he obviously, um, you know, needed to get the Crash Davis um, tutorial on how to give interviews. Mm -hmm. Crash Davis from, you know, Bull Durham, you know, when he's talking to the meathead and telling him all the all the cliches to just say mm -hmm. that doesn't really say anything. Yeah, he obviously missed that day of class because um, he doesn't do that, and he really kind of stuck his foot in his mouth pretty good today. Yes, he did. And we had quite a big discussion, and I kind of went off on it a little bit. Um, in his interview, for those of you that did not know, he was asked about, about as if it's his last – you know, does he feel like it's his last chance to hang around with the Steelers beyond this year? And, you know, make it's about making the most of his opportunity and everything else. I'm going to read you the quote. This this is the quote typed out by Josh Roundtree of uh, 93.7 The Fan. This was his quote, and I, I heard it and everything else. So, But I'm just – I wanted to read it. He said, I mean, I'm still going to be in the NFL, so we'll see. That was his answer. And that really bugged me. Should it have well, bugged me that much? Yes, and I'll tell you why. Okay. What 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 team's hat are you wearing currently? Yeah. Me? Yeah. Same yeah. as me. I'm the wearing Steelers. The Steelers, yeah. Yeah, that, that's not the way the Steelers that that does not endear you. To Steelers mm -hmm. fans. Steelers fans are we are great and we can be terrible. Yeah. And if you get on our bad side, mm -hmm. you're probably never going to get out, out from underneath our bad side. Yes. And making a statement like that just puts you on the bad side. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, there's a lot of Steelers nation that have turned on him already called him a bust. I'm not saying that because honestly, the dude was, he was a reserve to go to the pro bowl as a rookie and uh, enough linebackers went to play ahead of him. So he didn't go, you know, if enough running backs would have been ahead of him, Najee Harris wouldn't have been a pro bowler last year. So he was, he, it was kind of in the same boat off of one season and having another good season to start his second year before the injury. But so you kind of look at the injury, but you've got to kind of look at how you're going to come back. And to me, this is an attitude thing. This sounds more like someone who feels like, oh, if they're not going to value me enough to give me my fifth year option, then why do I care about them? It's not like I'm going to be out of the league. Uh, if you watched his tape from Saturday night, you'd be wondering if he's going to be in the league. Yeah. It was, it was not good. It was not good. There was one play in particular, and you know, I'll, I'll break it down where I'll, I'll have it here. I want to know if but, that's the same one I texted you about. Um. This was one, you know what? I'll, I'll have to see. It, it, this was one that I've, I saw online. I've seen so many videos. I actually shared my first video of a game. I learned how to do it using using my NFL Plus thing. I shared a, a six or a six second clip on Twitter. It blew up, but it was a great clip. We're going to talk about that when it comes to the good. Um, but even but 
like some people aren't ready to turn him. Andrew Wilbar is getting close, and he's a Michigan fan. Kind of feel bad for Andrew Wilbar because I got to go back and look at the 2019 draft of players out of Michigan. No joke, the best player out of that draft when it's all said and done, not just for the Steelers, but the NFL. I can't remember who else was drafted other places. I honestly can't. But it might be Zach Gentry, who he couldn't stand. <laughs> Because he he didn't like him coming out of Michigan. And Zach Gentry's doing a nice job for the Steelers. Coming back from injury now, so we'll see how he does. But even other, other people on staff, they're like, well, I'm not quite ready. Jeffrey Benedict said something that I thought was very interesting. Um, he's like, based on his behavior and how other players and coaches talk about him, he thinks Bush is in his own head and down on himself. Um, and that comment totally reeks of a defeated person is what Jeffrey says. Now to me, that, that didn't sound like a defeated person. I could take it that way. And that's how I was thinking of Devin Bush. I thought he lost his confidence. And that was my argument to Shannon. I'm like, I'm not saying Shannon was wrong, but I'm saying there's still the option that he could have just lost his confidence. So I'm not saying it's definitely one when there's something else it could be. And maybe that's still the issue, but maybe his answer, if he did lose his confidence is to say, I'm still going to be good. I might just not be here because after playing the way he did and basically then getting moved out to where Spillane's been getting more runs with the ones, I don't know what, does he think that the Steelers should be playing him even if he's terrible? I don't know. So, so to, cause I was all constantly thinking if he doesn't have confidence in the knee and that, and doesn't have confidence in his reaction, he's going to play. A, he's going to play a half step to a step behind, or more. But yeah, and and if that's the problem, then then he's just got to get his confidence back. But the way he spoke today, does you know? To me, that would be um, if if you're lacking in confidence, the way to. The way to come across is not the way to say, I'm too good for this place. I'm going to be, you know, but I'm going to be in that. I'm an NFL player. I'm going to be somewhere. You know, if you all don't want me, everyone else is going to want me because I'm an NFL player. You know, that, it, just the way it came across to me just really irked me today. So same with you. Yeah. Yeah. Now yeah. the play. No, go ahead. Say it. No, go ahead. Because the play, I'm trying to bring up the play. I don't know at what point of the game it was. I shared, I shared it with Jeffrey. I know, so I was gonna, gonna bring it up. Um, it, it was a play. It was a run play up the middle, and they were running. Let's see. I'm trying to think. The run play was coming at you, and yes, they were lined this up is, around, right around midfield. Is, and the play was initially to the left. And Devin Bush is the, he's the running back. He's a linebacker with Spillane. He comes over. Who got planted in front of him? Um, that was number fifty, Delonte Scott, the outside linebacker, gets absolutely driven inside and planted onto the ground. Bush doesn't get caught up by them. The running back's coming right at him. Yes, this he is the play. I, this up. is the play I texted you about. Yeah, he doesn't step up to make the tackle. He doesn't even wait for him to come to him to make the tackle. The running back literally comes right to his face and cuts out to, to the running back's right, Devin Bush's left. And Devin, and Bush, Devin Bush just turns to jog at him. Never took a step to yeah. Devin Bush's left. No, he Player eventually made? he eventually did. 
two steps after the running back already. The running back had already had two steps to his to to, to the running back's right, Devin Bush's left, before Devin the Bush then stepped to the left had... and jogged behind the play until he chipped into somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Just... I'm, I'm watching, right? It's just, it's like, that's not how. That's not going to keep you on the field in the NFL. That wouldn't keep you on the field in college, in Division One. Actually, it wouldn't keep you on the field in high school. I was going to say, high, that's borderline bad. You know, that's a bad play for a good high school player could, could occasionally have a play like that. You don't expect an NFL player to have a play like that. I mean, it's, I mean, the running back is literally running right at him, and he's standing there. Right. Standing and the running there. Back comes that was the other frustrating face. thing. He was standing there. Why wasn't he still moving yeah. forward and tackling yeah. that guy well, for I mean, a loss? Because number 50 is Delonte Scott, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I don't I hope it's I'm not saying the wrong player. It was we'll just say number 50. It was, was Delonte Scott. Was That's getting 50. driven and to the ground in front of him, but he still had the vision of the guy there and just whoo, it just it just looked like um here, Steel Dog 88 says it here. That's a lazy preseason play. Does was Devin does Devin does, is it the attitude that he's too good for the preseason? Or is he just not a very good player? He's either got no confidence to make that play or he just doesn't care like or think it's important enough. And I just thought I was I've been given in the benefit of the doubt for a long time. And now not really. That that really irked me today. I mean, he had one of the bot, I mean, he was in the 30s again in his score. For for PFF, whether you care about that or not, I mean, he scored. The only people who scored worse than him on the defense was Carlos Davis and Chris Wormley, and and yeah, it just it just looked like a complete lack of effort. And if and if you're not going to give a lack of effort, what's going on, Miles Jack? We'll get to him eventually. But anything else you want to say? I to me, this was so ugly. I don't have anything else in the ugly category. Do you know what happens if you go on the field and don't give a hundred percent effort? You're going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt. Yeah. You're going to get hurt. Yeah. So, <laughs> Sorry. Steve, uh, I don't Steve know. Dog 88 said the game said look like a Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl gameplay. Yeah. 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 I exactly. It does. Yeah. Yeah. But then I know people were saying, oh, I wish Devin Bush would be cut. And I'm just like, they, they, they can't. I mean, unless it's a volunteers, not hostages, huge situation like that. They can't. His he's going to count six million, six million dollars, just over six million dollars against the salary cap. Um, Two point nine, a bunch of that is is dead money. Three point oh something something is his salary for this year, and it's guaranteed. So if they trade him, they only save half of what his salary cap hit is, and if they've cut him. They take on all of his salary cap hit unless someone cleaned him off waivers, then they would have to pay him the three million. You know, so but someone else might be say, no, we're not gonna claim him. And then they sign him and the Steelers have to have to pay all that because it's it's guaranteed for him. And it's and you would think a top 10 pick going into the fourth season isn't someone you would feel like you should move on from. I'm just frustrated with him that of how how he how he answered that. I'm if Devin Bush can come back out and turn it around in two more preseason games, fine. You can get back on my on my good side, and I think he should with the rest of Steelers Nation. But my goodness, just just shut up and go play hard. Just 
the effort you gave Saturday followed by the comments today, that's my ugly. Do you have something else for ugly or is that pretty much sum it up? Um, well, we could just, that sums it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Let's, let's get positive. Do you want to, do you want to step it up and just talk about the bad and finish on a good note? Or do you yeah, want to jump in and talk about some good stuff? No, we could talk about the, let's go ahead and do the bad, but let's do the super chat first. Yeah, because that's why I asked, because this super chat kind of fits into the good. So we'll get to a little bit more. Uh, This is from uh, Lifelong Fan 07, 499 in the tip jar. Thank you very much. Says, hi, guys. Question, how many quarterbacks can make a throw like Mason made to pick it? Most QBs can throw to the the sideline or middle middle short to intermediate. That was a nice throw. It was. That was coming at you, wasn't it? No, it was going the other way. No, you're right. It was going the other way. That was because it was it, it was still it was it was still the first quarter. Yep. Right. So it was still going the other way. Yep. Um because that was after the big punt return. Yes. And then the almost fumble. Um, and then uh a run to get a little bit of it back, and then boom. That was a nice play. That was a nice throw. That was a nice catch. So yeah. Um, yeah. You, I'm, okay. For, for me, those passes are very difficult to make. Okay. Yeah. And what you usually see that quarterbacks can't do is put the ball on that trajectory and still give their guy a chance at the end, at the back of the end zone. Most quarterbacks overthrow it. Yeah. Because they're wanting to be safe and get it too far than to leave it short and, and, and have them have to maybe go up high to get it, which then makes it hard to get your feet down. Exactly. But that was thrown, correct trajectory, perfect spot. Yeah. It still took a great catch and footwork by Pickens, but what Mason did there was his receiver had a realistic chance to make that play. Yeah. He put it in a place where it could get to his receiver and the receiver still could make a play on it. The receiver got the ball and made the play. You know, it, it, you you don't want to take anything away from either one of them on that. In my opinion. No, it took two to tango. Yep. So hit hit me with, hit me with the bad. So are we kind of agree our ugly is the same thing, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So so, so hit me with the bad. Because, because, well, do I only get one bad? No, no, you get multiple bads if you want. I just, okay. I didn't want to make you feel like I didn't I, I let you didn't have a chance to say something ugly. <laughs> I didn't know if I should put this as bad or ugly, yeah. and I decided okay. to put it at bad Good. because I think that's the word I used to Renee while we were sitting in the stadium. I actually okay. used the word bad. Mm-hmm. And that was Actress Shore Stadium fans booing Mason Rudolph <laughs> when he came into the game. Yeah. Well, Jeffrey was trying to say they weren't booing that he came into the game. They booed on the next play. No, they booed when he came they into the game. Both. They yeah, did. They, they booed they did both. both. They booed when he came when he came in, in, in into the game. And for those and, saying all oh, the Devin Bush is the bad. No, Devin Bush is the ugly. Devin Bush is the ugly. That's beyond bad. Okay. Yes. Booing Mason Ruff because he comes in. And what's ridiculous is you still see some. It's I'm so glad if you do not read and get engaged at behind the steel curtain.com with the articles and everything you're really missing out. It is a fantastic community in the comments of articles 
And occasionally you'll get some people that, you know, that are who they are and everyone doesn't agree, but we're all pretty civil and everything else. And I try to make sure I'm checking comments in my articles and things like that. But there, there was someone, and I'm so glad for the longest time, no one even engaged them. No one even answered and just commented about them later that said, oh, this game just goes to show how terrible Mason Rudolph is and how quickly he's going to be out of town. Saturday night sure that up right now. Unless they were trying to be sarcastic and did a terrible job of it because we have a sarcasm font that you can use. That's what's kind of ridiculous. There are people that still think that Mason Rudolph had a bad performance Saturday night. And if they did, it's because you decided before he before the game even kicked off oh, yeah. that he was going to have a bad performance. Oh, yeah. That nothing he did was going to be good. Because honestly, all three quarterbacks played fantastic. And we'll get to that more with the good. But it was bad that he was booed. That was bad. Yes. Absolutely. Bad. Yeah. Give me one of your bets. My bad? Yep. Getting ga- gashed in the run, de- run as run defense again. Yeah. That was that was that bad. Was my, that was my other one. That was yeah. bad. Which is good. So that so we so we have a couple bads. And what made that so bad? What made it so bad? You have to remember. I don't want to make excuses and just explain things away and say, "Oh, you're just no." But none of the front five, none of the projected started front five play. Correct. None of them. None. Zero. Not even Alex Highsmith, who probably would have a little bit, but he's injured. None of them. And from did you hear any reports from training camp today? No. Apparently, if if you go into our training camp camp tracker and look at look at the tweets in there, when they were doing some drills today, um, one person was was focusing on the offensive defensive line. Apparently, Larry O was blowing up everybody. Yeah, he was just blowing up everybody. So. I'm encouraged by that. So I'm thinking, you know, if you're dealing with players like an Isaiah Loudermilk, like a Chris Wormley, like a DeMarvin Leal. See, and Montrevis Adams wasn't even playing. Right. You know? Yeah. So not even who would be your other nose tackle. There was so many of them. Um, Yeah. Those other guys show why they're they're depth pieces. And and I need to see some... Mm -hmm. Even with those guys not in there, mm-hmm. the first two series when Miles Jack was in the game, they did yeah. not run the ball. <laughs> no, they didn't. Miles Jack had one of the for the Steelers defense. He had one of the highest PFF scores. Oh, he only played eight snaps. He played eight snaps and had one of the highest. PFS. Believe it or not, the highest PFS score came from nose tackle Donovan Jeter, who only played six snaps um, towards the end of the game. He had the highest score. Next was Trey Norwood, who had the most defensive snaps. He had a really good game. Yes, but Miles did. Jack, in his little time out there, you see why that gives you hope. Yes. That gives you some hope. But other than that, giving up, giving up the, the big runs was was that was bad but that's something to work on that's something to build on so that was um, bad but that one's not hopelessly bad yeah do you have anything else that goes into your bad category i have um, something that i, I have something else i can say okay do, 
do. I I do, but it would be a little nitpicky. Okay, go for it. But go ahead. Um. So it's so it's we'll call this our kind of bad category, right? We'll call this the the hey watch it kind of thing here, and for me that would be the pass blocking. Pass blocking. Okay, mine's very similar. Mine's going to be the interior offensive line from the from the first group. That's probably really around the same same area because I think I was in talking with you. I was telling you yeah. a couple things that I saw, and they all did resolve around issues, although they look to be communication issues, and those things can be fixed. Mm-hmm. Okay, those things can be fixed. There look to be some miscommunication on blocking assignments on some of the pass plays. Yes. Like the one where James Daniels looked real bad. He was chasing the guy down because it that Mitch almost took a sack and then scrambled and got four yards. That was that was a miscommunication issue of, you know, the guy that came to his outside, he thought, you know, Chooks was there. Chooks had another guy going out hard. And then the guy in him went in went in he went yeah, to follow him fun. in and someone else came out around as a on a blitz and he was just a half second he knew it was his guy that's why i tried to run him down um it was just one of those one of those things that you work through at as the preseason goes on um to try to make sure you got everything shirt up there so that that was a bad look you know the the play where you know mason's first play, first play. um i mean he hadn't even fully gotten his back foot down from his drop and he's mm-hmm. being hit. Yeah. You know, it, it's, and it, that it's, was, that was on Dan Moore jr. He, I'll be honest with you. He's in my good category. Other than that play, uh, other than that play, he played a very good game, but he was outstanding in the run blocking and not so good with the pass blocking. Chooks a core for I'm kind of rolling into the good now. Yeah, he, he had, had a good game. He had a good game. Yeah. And I mean, the tweet that I'm talking about was actually on the first touchdown pass. This is what I put out on Twitter, which kind of blew up a little bit. A video that I put out there. On the first touchdown pass, Chuksakura for has has a, I think I guess it was an outside linebacker, someone rushing. And as he comes in, as as Trubisky goes to throw the ball. The guy's going to jump. Chukes just takes him when he jumps and just hands in chest and buries him into the ground and falls on top of him. It was it was one of those pancake blocks. That's what you do if a guy's going to jump. And you got to make him pay. And he made him pay. And I loved that play. I really liked that play. That um, was the kind of aggression I've been waiting to see out of Chukes. Yeah. that For him to just say, I'm going to level this dude. And he did. And the thing is with him, his, especially, you know, I bring up PFF scores. They're not, they're not gospel. They just a good indication. I felt a lot of the scores matched up with my eye test in this game. Cause that's what I always say. Do these scores match the eye test? The people that I thought scored well, scored well, the people that I thought weren't didn't. Um, and Chooks, he had a very even score with his, he had a very even score with his pass blocking versus his run blocking. He had a 79, seven pass blocking 78, six run blocking 79.0 overall. Then there was someone like John LeGlue. He had a higher, he was the only lineman with a higher score than, than, than Chooks. He had a 48.3 pass block, but a 91.7 run block. 
And I'm like, oh, they countered that so much more, although we had twice as many pass block plays. So if he's got a low score for pass blocking and two out of every three plays was a pass blocking play, why is his score so high? I, I, yeah, sometimes yeah. that's what I don't understand. But Dan Moore Jr., he had a very good run blocking grade. He had the second highest run blocking grade behind behind the glue, but he did not ha- he had an average pass blocking grade, just above average, actually. So so that one play really hurt him. Yep. So um so yeah, I Kevin Dotson, I'm gonna say it. I said it early on when everyone wanted to move him to guard. I said, I don't think he's big enough to play guard. Who? Kevin Dotson? Not Kevin Dotson. Sorry. Kendrick Green. Kevin Dotson. Need him to come back. Um, Kendrick Green. Sorry. Wrong wrong left guard. Kendrick Green. I didn't. And that's why when he said he didn't really like playing center, I'm like, you might have just signed your way out of the NFL, buddy, because the Steelers looked at you and your measurables and what you could do and saw center. The problem is you you just now you're saying you can't do it. But you know what else you can't do? You can't play guard in the NFL if you're not big enough. Yeah. You got short arms. You're not big enough. And he really, really struggled. Did you notice him struggling in the game or not? I don't know. Um, Not a ton. No. The one thing I Mm -hmm. did like was his ability to get out and move when protection broke down and the quarterback started to scramble. That was nice. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But put this way he didn't impress me but it wasn't like he was constantly getting blown up either yeah well i mean he well there was some times that you if you look if you you didn't notice it every time because it wasn't plays where where it really mattered you know because oh no we just got blown up and he got the quarterback killed there if you go back and and i i've, I've gone about the i would one of did about the first quarter of going back and watching every play three or four times watching the offensive line and in the pass blocking there's just a lot of times he got walked right back right back to where the quarterback should be in the box yeah it basically right back to where ben Roethlisberger would have been standing if it was ben Roethlisberger. so I'm hoping that Kevin Dotson can come back and and step up a little bit, but because right now people didn't like Kendrick Green at center, I like him better at center at guard right now than guard right now, and I don't like him to be the guy at center either. So that's that's kind of tough. So um, we've we've rolled into the good. What yep. what what was your favorite good stuff from the, from the game? Running the football, the run blocking was really improved, wasn't it? Yes, it yeah. was. Um, in particular, getting linemen to double team, next level, peel off, hit the next level, zone blocking. Yep, Dan Moore. I went in and looked because there was someone that said, Oh, as bad as Dan Moore Jr. played Saturday, they should be looking for a tackle. I'm like, What are you talking about? He played bad on one play, one play, and it looked bad because the quarterback lost, you know, got stripped. And it could have been really, really bad. But don't take away all the really good plays yet. He was he was in the top ten of of, of offensive tackles, grade wise in zone blocking run plays. Yeah, that's right. And that's what the Steelers run a lot. He really did well run blocking. I liked. I thought James Daniels was much better in run blocking than than pass blocking. Yes. Um. When when he was struggling. Um. So he the, had a couple him in particular. I noticed on a couple of nice plays mm-hmm. where it was he and uh Mason Cole 
on the on the double team, and then yes. he was the peel off to hit the linebacker on the second level, mm-hmm. and that really opened up a couple of nice holes for some decent runs. Yeah, and I mean, I thought Mason Cole played played solid. I wouldn't say that he was outstanding, but he played solid um, out of those. Um, the problem with James Daniels, okay, James Daniels got a thirteen point two passing <laughs> passing pass blocking score. He did fine with his run blocking. Yeah, he's, I mean, and that one play looked really, really bad, but if you don't weigh it more than the others, he he did struggle at times. But I think that's something that with more work and everything, he's got the tools to do it. I think that's more cohesion and everything else is what I'm hoping. Yep. So, mm-hmm. so whew, yeah, I thought that was good. You know what else I thought was good? What's that? I thought the secondary was good. Yeah. Throughout the game. Trey Norwood was looking good back there. James Pierre was even looking pretty good back there. But remember, these were some of the threes. I, I felt that the guys, my goodness, unfortunately got hurt on the second of them. It was his last play. Akella Witherspoon get involved in the run game yeah. and run defense. Last year, he yep. was not good at that. He came up and on that one end around, caught it for a loss, got up in there to make a tackle and a run play, but then kind of – I think it was a shoulder stinger. Someone said it after the game. I was probably right. He he seems to be fine and back. Um, so I thought that was – I, I thought I thought that was good. The run defense kind of opened up things, and that's what kind of let Seattle back in the game. I mean, to me, it was bad to give up a fourteen point lead, even though even if it's your reserves. But the good is scoring thirty two points. Yep. So you know what else was good? What else was good? The wide receivers. Yeah, especially when you were not. There was no Claypool. There was yep. no DJ. There was no CA three. Um, there was no CA3. There was no Anthony Miller. All right. So you were looking at these, and these guys came mm-hmm. in and didn't miss a beat and just yeah. did what they were supposed to do and caught yeah. balls. And I mean, gee whiz, who knew Gunnar O was going to, you know, show up and be a wide receiver? Show up and be a wide receiver. That- he was just wide open on that touchdown. What was what I thought was impressive was the was his catch before that. Oh yeah, the one on the yeah. slant and then slant and then hitch back to the outside. That was pretty yeah. sweet. Um yep. which now he's the guy that Kyle says looks way too much like Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. He put that in the knee jerk reaction article. That was great. Yep. Um so I I like the wide receivers. You know, George Pickens, he's checked to to me. There's three boxes to check. And he's checked two of them. And he he still needs to keep doing it, but he, he's done what he's needed to do so far. Um, first, first box, good training camp. Check. Yeah. Okay. Keep it up. Second box, show it in a game in the preseason. Check. The only box to be he's got to check. He can't doesn't even have an opportunity until September 11th. All he's got to do now, show it in a real game. As soon as he can do that. Then he's checked all the boxes. And the other hand, like I said, the only reason it's not checked, he hasn't had a chance yet. That he he has the he has the p- 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 potential, you know, Jeff Hartman's favorite word, um, to be something great, which is and, and and he's exciting. So we need to roll on to finish up what we're gonna do, but we we've got to finish with with the good of the good. Yes, and that right. is g- Great play from all three quarterbacks. Yes. Great play from all three quarterbacks. So, 
Um, I, I love no it that we have anything that. hurt their stock. No one sealed up anything because they all played so well. Oh, that's yeah. what I love is that we have several position groups where the coach where nobody played themselves out of anything and it's make yeah. it's going to make it even tougher on the coaches if they can continue that and what a great problem to have quarterback wide receiver shockingly running back yep i thought both ant mac and of course your 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 camp darling jalen warren mm-hmm. you know that i think both of them looked great um, really liked what I saw from them, but a lot of that was also I liked seeing the you know the offensive line snap the ball and it be a run play, and you see all five linemen two yards downfield. Yes, not two that. yards in the backfield. Yes, that's how you have positive rushing plays. Yes, like that. So that's there. I'm not saying right now. I'm not anointing depth at running back quite yet, but. It looked it, it it looked promising Saturday night. Um, depth in the secondary. I have to say that too. I thought the secondary. Ex- was yeah, fine. I would say exactly. Yeah. I was exactly on the same one. Secondary so to depth. so to me right now, my biggest concern is interior offensive line. That's my second biggest. The biggest to me is inside linebacker outside of Miles Jack. Um, interior offensive line, and then the reserve defensive front because the regulars weren't out there and the reserves had a lot to be desired. So, um, so yeah, so that was, that was all, but yeah, you know, got to mention, someone said it here. Uh, Jennifer said it in the live chat about, about Jalen Warren having to carry a ball around all over, all over St. Vincent college today. So I'm all over the place with it. You know, Mike Tomlin had to do that back in the day. Oh, Oh, wait, that wasn't Mike Tomlin. That was his doppelganger. That was Omar Epps in the program. Sorry. Um, that's what he had to do, right? Um, <laughs> but Steelers fans, one thing I want to say, don't go too crazy because don't get sucked in to the killer bee delusion. You probably think I'm crazy right now. Let me explain this. Killer bee delusion. And that is this. There are still an awful lot of Steelers fans, and some of them even in the live chat right now, that still talk about how the Steelers wasted the years of the killer bees. And the problem is they didn't. The Steelers did not have the greatest teams in those years. They had great offenses. Yep. And 2017 was the year they had the potential to be a great defense, and then the, the Shazier tragedy happened and it all fell apart. So to me, don't be enamored with the Steelers because they have a strong offense because that's not enough. But this is also a very realistic Steelers fan base who understands that the defense is you know, should likely be the strength of this team when the starters and everything are out there. Yep. So it's nice to be enamored by the offense, but remember, this is also a team that gave up 25 points. You know, um, they did not give up. A, um, I don't think they gave up more than 25 points in a win last year. So you got to remember. Got to remember. Okay. Um, Kathy asked a question here with $5 in the tip jar before we get going. She says, um, I hope you enjoyed the game, Kathy. Don't know where you were sitting. Um, I know Rich was there. Jeffrey was there. Ho- hope you really enjoyed it. I thought it was the most exciting preseason game I can remember 
ever. Steelers it was, fan, in my it opinion. was actually really yeah. entertaining. It really you was. Know, that it was it was on the level of, of a regular season game, honestly. But anyway, since Kathy put the $5 in the tip jar, she says, if claimed from the practice squad, does a player have to go on the 53-man roster? This is a question for obviously doesn't pertain to now. This pertains during the regular season when there is a practice squad. And the answer is, Kathy, yes. Absolutely. You cannot sign a player from another team's practice squad to put on your own practice squad. He must go on the 53-man roster. And not only does he have to go on the 53-man roster, he must do so where he is at least paid for three weeks. So you might as well keep him for three weeks. That keeps teams from saying, oh, guess what? We're... uh, the Steelers are playing the Ravens this week. Let's grab one of their let's grab one of their uh, practice squad players so we can come in and tell us what they're doing, and then afterwards we'll you know we'll just let them go and do it for someone else. It doesn't work that way. It's to keep avoid that. But that's that's a great question for the season. That yeah, they would have to go. So any player when it's all said and done that goes on the Steelers practice squad in order for them to go, if they get poached by another team, that has to be to go on their fifty three, and it's it's also the same when you're looking at players that are released on the final cutdown, when the Steelers go down to 53 players the Tuesday after their third preseason game, if someone else wants to claim those players off of waivers, it, they can only claim them to the 53-man roster, not to their practice squad. After they clear waivers, they can sign on any practice squad, and it would make sense if the Steelers still want them to stay with the Steelers because of the familiarity and the learning curve and all that other stuff. So so that was the thing. So great game, great time watching it. Great time at the stadium. Oh, yeah, good time at the stadium. Many many, many people leave early. I mean, I know it wasn't full Um, in the preseason game. No, not many. Mm -hmm. There were a few. Actually, yeah, people started filing out when there were three seconds left. Okay, yeah. <laughs> then they missed the best hit of the game. I uh, know. That was a pretty good hit. <laughs> so um, I will tell people now, because I said it last time, I know some people were still furious that they didn't get to watch all the game because of NFL Network. If you followed any of my podcasts, either this one or Stat Geek or Steelers Preview, I said it on all of them the NFL network would be going to another game at 9 p.m. That's what they were doing. Now, they did come back at the end to show you some exciting stuff because they did that at the beginning of the Steelers game when it because they wanted to show you the end of the Buffalo game because it was an, a, a, a good close game. Um, so I'm pretty sure they saw people that were just on NFL network. Might If they stuck with it, might have seen the Kenny Pickett touchdown. If you want to watch this week's game and you are not in the Pittsburgh local market, you can get a free seven-day trial of NFL Plus, which shows all the games, quote-unquote, live. I have to say, quote-unquote, because their stream is four to five minutes behind what's actually happening. So you might not want to follow too closely on Twitter or anything like that. So just wanted to give that to everyone. Rich, anything else before we head into the to what we do for our last thing? No, let's do it. All right, so before people put it in there, this week, real quick, we didn't talk about the upcoming game this much because that's the preseason. You don't yeah. look too much ahead. You really want to break down what's going no. on. Yes. They they are playing. They are going to Jacksonville. So they're on the road. That's good to see. Um, probably they'll have more Steelers fans there than Jaguars fans. That's just how it is every time they go to Jacksonville to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. But here's the thing to keep in mind, everyone. The Jaguars played in the Hall of Fame game. Yep. Like the Steelers did last year. 
You notice how the Steelers were on a different schedule than everyone else of when they were playing their starters. So when the Steelers got to their fourth preseason game, they were going up against the Panthers who were playing their starters and blah, blah, blah. Where, But it was in the third preseason game when the Steelers were playing their starters more when the other team wasn't doing it as much. That might be exactly what happens Saturday. I expect more... I expect better competition from the Jaguars. I think that they will play their starters more than even the Steelers will because they're on a different schedule. So remember that. That should be a good test for the Steelers. And believe it or not, the Jaguars, based on 2021, are the highest-ranked defense that the Steelers play in the preseason because the other two teams didn't have a great defense last year. So, Rich, give me your score prediction for Saturday night. Steelers 28, Jaguars 20. 28 to 20, Steelers. Yep. Okay. Well, I'm going to do it right this time and not give my prediction and hold it to the preview because I'm going to go ahead and put it out there for everyone else. Um, and, and that's and that's what it's going to be. Um, uh, let's see. Well, Sherry was saying that they they knew a good job when it cut in. Okay, here we go. Steel Dog eighty eight was uh, no. Oh no, no. Maddie P was ready. He was so ready. He got it before both of before it showed up in both YouTube and Facebook. Maddie P he's says, on YouTube. He was technically after. So he was technically after. He says ninety seven to three. If you don't see the team, we assume Stillers. So there we go. Nine ninety seven to three. Is that okay? I thought maybe you should say 93-7, the fan. Sorry, 97-3 Steelers. Steel Dog 88 says 24-16 Steelers. Maddie P said it again, just in case he was too soon. Uh Sean Manahan says 30 to 13 Steelers. Uh Richard Adamson says 21-17 Steelers. Uh Holden, yeah. Holden says 28 to 15 Steelers. You almost fell for it. I almost fell for it. Um um, Tyler W said it's so fun to have the scores back. Reginald Rivers says 31-21 Steelers. Claude Bishop, 9-3 Steelers. Kathy Ford, 35-20. I like that one. If the Steelers are going to, going to show some offense, let's see it. Mark Malone, okay, from back in the day, says 31-13 Steelers. A lifelong fan, 07-24-10 Steelers. Moneybags says 21-17 Steelers. I'm going to stop saying Steelers. I'm just going to say the scores that they are the Steelers. Yep. Mark Tobin, 24-13. Steelers-Pittsburgh, 24-10. Um, Christopher 11 says 11 to 111. <laughs> okay. I guess that's why Christopher 11 would do that. Uh, Steelers chicks 46. Oh, she didn't say 46. Um, says 33-21. Tyler W. says 27-16. Um, um, Mr. Woodside. Right? Okay. Uh 23-21. Faustino Flores says 23-16. Uh George Teston. We didn't get him already. Okay. Uh 31-10. Dark Storm 1, 27-17. Um, Devin Logan or Logan. Logan. Okay. There's no, nothing between the Gina. Long. 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 Okay, whatever. Okay. Uh 21-9. State of the Steelers. Daniel J. 3117. Make sure you're checking out his podcast on Saturday mornings. Occam's Ox 2417. And he says the defense scores. Okay. Uh Kenneth Beamer says 2710. Sherry Richards, 
27-16. Jacob Heinrich, 28-19. Uh, Patricia Castaneda says 24-21. Okay. Um, do, 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 do. A lot of people comment, which is great. Uh, that's the last score that I see. Woo, make sure you are checking out our podcast. If you're listening to us on YouTube, you are missing out on so, 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 so much. You are missing out on Let's Ride on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You're missing out on Jeffrey's Cutting Room Floor on Tuesdays. My Stat Geek on Thursdays. Then our great noon lineup. There's so much that we have on just the audio side. Just go anywhere podcasts are found or go to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. We have an article at 530 Pittsburgh time every day that gives you the podcast. You can listen to them in the article if you have no other place to do it or go anywhere you get podcasts, you know, Apple, Spotify, any of them search either Steelers or behind the steel curtain and you will find us. Make sure you got that. And then of course we've got all the YouTube shows coming. We'll once again, we'll have a, we'll have a post game show Saturday night. So that should be a lot of fun. Woo. Rich. You have some closing thoughts for us? Yeah, real quick. I'm going to make a quick uh, a, a quick sales pitch here. Um, okay. You can email me at richschofield at yahoo.com if you're interested. I've got two games that I've got tickets for I'm going to sell. Ooh. I'm in section 524, row K. Uh, if you want to go look that up, I'm giving out the BTSC family discount. Family um, discount. Two, the two tickets for each game, each each pair will be two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And I have for the Jets game on October second, and the Bengals game on November. I think it's the twentieth. That's is that a Sunday night? I game? think that's the Sunday yeah. night game. Yes. So if you're interested in that, you can reach out to me, and I'll, I'll I'll hook you up with Rich. You can reach out to me on Twitter or my email um, with what it is. So great information there, Rich. Hit us up with the rest of your closing thoughts. Hey, just uh, we're into football. Yeah. How exciting. So, you know, just, um, you know, wait, waiting for, can't say I'm waiting for Sunday, but mm-hmm. I am waiting for Saturday night mm-hmm. and I can't wait. When I know that it can never really be the same, how could I move forward when I keep looking backwards? Just stand and stand.